Hello and welcome to the Agilisys podcast, where we talk to our public sector partners about the ways technology is being used to transform services and improve outcomes for citizens. My name is Austin Clark, your host for this episode, which this time focuses on how robotic process automation, or RPA for short, is being used in various ways by the NHS Business Services Authority to deliver efficiency gains, enhance service delivery, and crucially, bring benefits to team members within the organisation and of its uh, customers too. In particular, we're going to concentrate on our RPAs being used to successfully automate processes involved with maintaining the electronic staff record, or ESR, the essential workforce management solution for the NHS in England and Wales, which in turn supports the delivery of the national workforce policy and strategy. I'm delighted to be joined by Ivan Barber and David Booth, Ivan is RPA Programme Manager at the NHS BSA, and David is Head of Systems Integration for the NHS Electronic Staff Record. Welcome both. Hi Austin. Hi there Austin, thank you. To start things off, I'd I'd like to uh, to come to you Ivan, uh, and and kind of, the the NHS Business Services Authority is is using RPA to to automate its work around electronic staff records, etc. So what problems are you looking to overcome through the the use of RPA, and, and how are you working out and of where the technology will uh, will work. Hi, Austin. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'd probably go back to um, the, the beginning of the, the programme, really, just to um, highlight that initially we weren't sure about RPA. We didn't really understand what it was. So we commissioned Agilisys to um, do a couple of proof of concepts for us in different areas around the organisation. Um, and they proved to be um, stood up very quickly, um, really successful that we could demonstrate the benefits really quickly. Um, so in terms of automation and why we were looking at RPA, it was really around efficiencies and um, productivity saves um, in a nutshell. The, um, then we, we once we on those benefits, we commissioned a bigger project to look at different areas of the organization. Um, and do a full discovery across the board. So I arrange various workshops and uh, campaign awarenesses to update people what RPA is, um, what the benefits of RPA is, and also um, how you identify suitable candidates and processes um, of RPA. Um, So I I set these up and we ran them from just beginning before the COVID setup. So before about January through to March, um, and greatly received. I've got lots of ideas from processes um, that came in from those um, sessions, and which are now forming my backlog. Um, and so hopefully we're going forward, we'll be able to work with lots of other areas within the BSA, NHS BSA. Um, David, your thoughts? Yeah, thanks, Ivan. So it was really interesting from my perspective to, to drop onto one of those sessions where Ivan and the team walked through what the capabilities were that uh, the RPA and particularly what what um, the agility team could bring. Um, my team already has a, a service that we offer to NHS organisations around the country and, and I have a number of members of my team that spend a reasonable amount of their time loading data into ESR. They use a tool already um, but that tool is somewhat outdated and requires a level of uh, what we call attendance in terms of it, it, it needs the operative to be paying attention to what it's doing. 
and every time it doesn't do quite what it's supposed to do, it needs that operative to, to handle that exception. So it's effectively running a process for us in a semi-automated manner, but it requires that, that level of attention and that then becomes a distraction factor to my team. So they can't focus 100% on the job that they're doing whilst this automation is running at the side of them. The demonstration that Ivan and the team put on clearly showed how the, the robotic automation solution that, that Ivan was looking at could work in what they call an unattended mode. So you could pass it a, a template of data to, to do something with and then leave it to run. And it would then run for however many hours, however many days without any particular attention from what would be my team. And at the end of that process, it would return something back. So that was highly appealing. And, and particularly at the start of the COVID pandemic, um, my team was working remote. Um, we had less uh, IT technology sat next to the person at the time. So in the office, they would have two laptops, one running this, this the semi-automated process and one doing the day job at home. That was more difficult. Um, and so therefore, it was really appealing to, to be able to drop onto Ivan's project and ask him whether they could help us out in this particular instance. Excellent. So given what you're, you're saying there, was it obvious that, that RPA was the right technology to, to use in this instance? From my perspective, for, yes. Um, so we, as I say, we we're already sort of using a tool. So we were familiar with the, the technique of, of taking data, throwing it at a tool. It just wasn't the right tool for us. The issue that we have that there's other ways of taking data into the system, and we already have that in place as well. So we use uh, robust interfaces for, for data where we've got incredibly high volumes and it's repetitive data that's exactly the same and where it lends itself to, to running it in through a proper interface, be it batch or, or the API type of interface. But these demand that we get, the demand that we get from organizations for loading data um, it, it, that we currently put down the, the old process um, didn't lend itself to that interface route. So it was either had to be done manually, either by the, the operatives out in the NHS organisations, or it had to be done by somebody from my team. And if it was coming to my team, well, we had to do something in a semi-automated fashion because you just don't have the manpower to handle that, that flow of data and that demand that we got from our NHS organisations. So it needed to be automation. Once I'd seen this solution that Ivan and the team were talking about, it just had to be that RPA solution for me. I think I, just to just to add in there as well, one of the um, the great advantages, specifically in ESR, is the system and the application permits us to run unattendedly 24 hours per day and over a weekend as well. So um, you know that attended or semi-attended uh, tool that David's talking about will only be as good as the person sitting in front of it. This was a cloud solution that's just running in the background, you know, 24 by seven. So you're gaining all that extra productivity as well. Great, so given it was clearly the right technology to use, what processes did you follow in order to get this project moving? I'm gonna start with you, Ivan. Well, um, partnering with um, Agilisys um, and their RPA team, um, which just really using uh, the guidance um, and, and Agilisys led on that, to be honest with you, with all their best practices and their um, expertise of um, RPA implementations. So after the um, kind of the initial 
campaign awareness and um, getting people's interest in RPA, uh, we'd have kickoff meeting, the usual sort of stuff with project methodology, but the kickoff meeting and understanding, um, you know, just the governance side of it, laying all the boundaries down, but then um, deep diving into the process where their analyst would um, shadow an SME, so a subject matter expert, uh, watch the process in detail, ask the Q&A questions back and forth, and actually capture the screenshots that the, um, the, the person or the SME would be interacting with the application and the mouse clicks. So they would capture that in a um, process design document, very detailed, um, and the analyst would, would know um, and under, try and understand exactly how the application works and what the, the purpose and the outcomes are. Uh, and then that flows into the development stages. So working with a developer remotely, um, so they don't need to be in the office, it's all cloud-based. Um, and they develop the code. Um, and once that's done, we get into the, the UAT testing. So um, cases, test cases are designed, um, passed to the, the RPA solution um, in a development environment, run against that, and then look into a controlled go live into production. So we started off with one record, let the RPA process it, does it all work? check the back-end systems, make sure it handles it correctly. Yes, it does move on to say five records and build that up from one to five to 10 to 20, just to make sure that we're all confident that the, um, the bots are coded correctly. Uh, David and his team, it's been processed correctly and accurately. Um, how we handle the exceptions that come out of that as well, whether it's known good business exceptions or system errors or exceptions that we need to deal with um, differently with a technical solution. So it was all it was all that, that standard kind of methodology that um, you know I, I really relied on Agile Assist delivering against and, um, and managing the implementation. Thanks Ivan and, and from, from my perspective it was made very very easy so so my team as Ivan alluded to um, spent some time with the, the Agile Assist team on an online session where my team were able to show what they do currently, what the data looked like, what they needed it to look like to go into the system, how the system worked. But then the Agilisys team just took that away and then came back and played it back to us so that we could see that Agilisys had understood what the ask of them was and that they understood how the system worked and what was needed to be done to, to make everything hang together. And having done that and got that assurance, it was then a matter of just effectively passing that back to Agilisys and leaving them with it through the development phase. So my guys, it was very light touch for them. I think there was a little bit of work that we perhaps did better when we went on to doing the second iteration and the third iteration, because we knew then what more and more about what was required to drive the robot. But very light touch for my guys. And um, it, it was really made easy by the Agilisys team for us. Looking back at that kind of early discovery phase and implementation, is there anything that you would change? Uh, did you come across any key blockers? And, and if so, how did you overcome them? From my perspective, I would suggest that um, what we did was focus very much on how we get the process to work. What is it we need? What's the data look like? And what does it actually need to get into the system? We did some work on how the system should respond if the data that came in didn't exactly match what the robot was expecting. We also did some work around how the robot should respond if the system didn't perform exactly as it was expecting. 
what I think I would do next time is just spend a little bit more looking at what I would call the unhappy path and just making sure that we've covered off as many of the exceptions that we might anticipate as possible. So yes, we'll work on the happy path and that the data will be in the right format and it will load and the system will be up and running and everything will be hunky dory. But then what we might do is actually just spend a little bit more time looking at all those instances where something's not going to quite hang together and then understanding what it is we expect of the, the robot to do in those circumstances. So we've got some of them right during the, 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 the initial uh, live running. What we didn't get quite right was some of those exceptions and um, now we are better at doing that. We're absolutely building them into the future processes that we're working with Ivan and the team on. But I'd just probably like to add as well, um, um, David's team were massively supportive, um, you know, full support from, from that whole team, really helpful and which really made it very smooth to, to implement RPA for them. Um, very, uh, you know, always around, always available, um, you know, so that was really an excellent piece of kind of re relationship there. I suppose one thing that is a blocker, which is an interesting one, if COVID hadn't come around, we would have engaged with David's team personally. We would have been in the office working with the people on the ground and th those relationships would have, uh, you know, been built differently. Um, in the end, Teams, the, um, the application, we've done everything over uh, video conferencing, which has worked really well as well. Um, but from my perspective, it would have been nice to have uh, built that relationship up on a personal level, um, you know, face to face, because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to do. But Teams did work very well. Um, yeah. Indeed, that, that's an interesting one. And I guess kind of despite the situation and, and the, the pandemic, uh, you've managed to get to this situation where, where you've got a, a successful RPA implementation in, in place. So, uh, David, what, what benefits have you realised so far? Uh, are there any examples of time saved, etc.? Absolutely, um, Austin. So we've had the, the robot working and effectively ramping up over the last couple of months. And we've been throwing increasing numbers of uh, records at it to process. What we've already seen in the in in those two months for the data that we've thrown at the robot for it to process is that the time that it would have taken us previously to process has reduced from twenty one days to what the robot's taken to process it for us of thirteen days. So. It's not quite half, but it's about there. It's about that level of time saving on us. And that translates to around 90 hours of effort that my team have not had to spend managing and maintaining the system we were running before that's freed up to do other work by being able to just pass something over to the robot. And as Ivan said earlier, the jobs will run or the robot will run 24 by 7. So for example, we've got a file of, of transactions that we threw at the robots um, a couple of weeks ago. That ran for something like five or six days. That would have taken weeks. If you just do the simple math, it would have taken weeks previously, but we got the robot working solidly at it, 24 by seven, five days on the trot. And that's just made a huge difference to, to our team, being able to, to, to just rely on the robot to do something whilst we're at home sleeping effectively. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess that the obvious next question 
kind of to, to lead on to there is and we are talking about humans here so and have they really embraced the, the robots and and are they benefiting from that extra time are they now happier in their work and kind of not getting bogged down with kind of repetitive processes well uh, great question austin i mean clearly we might be best asking the team that but the, the feedback that they're giving me is that they're they're delighted with the capability that the robots offering them the fact as i mentioned earlier they can just give it the work and then they can crack on and focus on doing something else so it's it's freeing them up from that mundane task of watching the previous system load those load those transactions it's freeing them up from the constant interruptions that they used to have so they might be on a phone call they might be dealing with another customer on a call that they, they can go to meetings and now you know, can attend teams calls and 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 just leave the robot to do what it needs to do so they don't have that interruption factor and if they're anything like me i just you know you just need to be able to focus on what you're doing so you're not giving, you know, if you're dealing with a piece of work, you're not giving that customer the, the time and effort and attention that they need if you've got this thing running at the side of you and you can, out the corner of your eye, you can see that it's, it's stopped for some reason. So absolutely, they, they are very, very encouraged by what they've seen before and they can't wait to make more use of it, certainly. It's that, that, that 18, it was actually 89 hours, I mentioned 90 hours earlier, but it was actually 89. That time that they freed up, um, means that they can take on more valuable work, work that's more taxing to them, work that's more interesting for them to do. It also means that when the customer's asking us to do something, our turnaround times are improving. So I talked about almost a 50% improvement in turnaround. So it means we're offering a better service to our customers, which makes my team happy because they can, you know, they got a smile on the face because they can say to them, do you know what? I can do that. It used to take us a week. I can probably get it turned around in three days now. So customers are happy, my team's happy. It also means that because the robot's able to, to manage the, the particular types of loads that we've asked it to do and that the Agilisys team have built for us, because we can offer them in a more efficient manner, we can now look to offer different services to our customers because we've got those 90 hours that we've saved that we can actually do something else with. So it means that our offerings are now uh, in a position where we can increase them. And that again will mean that our service and our value to the wider NHS is, is improved. So, so far it's, it's, it's all looking very, very good. Excellent. Is there anything you would like to add to that, Niven, uh, from, from your experience? Um, <clears throat> if David's happy, I'm happy. Um, he's my customer. Um, <laughs> so that, that's great news. Uh, I'm really pleased that the team are embracing it as well. Um, I think really only a very small one and just a, a bit of a funny one really is um, I'd like to perhaps let's try and make the, the bot a bit more humanized and uh, perhaps run a name the bot competition or something like that to bring it into, you know, everyday life. Um, you know, and people can ask how did, uh, you know, Florence do last night or something like that, you know, so um, just to really give it some bit of character, perhaps instead of a bit of software sitting in the cloud running. But no, that's, that's great to hear anyway. Ivan, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Excellent. It'd be Botty McBotface, wouldn't it? But, uh, <laughs> if you let, uh, let people choose. But uh, kind of moving on from that, apart from giving the, the bot a name, 
what are the key learnings from from this RPA project? And, and what advice would you give to others at, at similar points in their automation journey or, or to those just starting out? Um, I couldn't have done this um, without Agilisys, a partner who, who, you know, have got vast experience in delivering RPA solutions. If we'd have uh, decided to start this up ourselves and uh, train people up um, and then just deliver it, ooh, I don't think we'd be anywhere near this sort of level, this stage. So that that to me is a massive help uh, and a massive key one. Um, I think within the processes, um, not necessarily in ESR, but just as a general um, understanding and what, what things to look out for is making sure you've got a UAT environment or a test environment. So it's a replica of production. So you develop the bot in that environment so you're not touching live data. Um, and then you've kind of got that uh, that kind of playground, if you like, where they can, you know, run test cases and it doesn't really matter what happens to them and you can build on the development. Um, testing data capability as well. So not only a UAT environment, but also with valid data in there as well. So you can see the full end-to-end -end process. Um, they're real key learnings. And then um, making sure that um, you know, you know, your customers bought into this this solution, and they make resources available to to do the testing for you and and help you and understand the exceptions and how you handle those. So they're they're, they're kind of the big touch points for me, um, you know, and almost kind of a, a prerequisite to starting an RPA process is making sure you've got those environments in the background that um, you don't need to suddenly build into your project plan, which could take a long time to, to establish. ESR was fantastic. They had a, a perfectly you know, mirrored environment of um, the production system. Um, so it was nice and easy in ESR. Um, but yeah, certainly they're the, they're the key points for me. And Ivan, I'd echo that in so much as you talked about having the, the test files to, to put through the system. And to my point earlier around testing the unhappy path, just just make sure that those test files that you're creating include all those unhappy transactions as well as the happy transactions so that you, you can just prove that those exceptions have been coded and, and handled correctly by the, the bot. The, the other thing I would throw into the mix is to, is to challenge the Agilisys team and the bot to see what capabilities or what scenarios it might be able to handle over and above what you might imagine it might be able to handle. So I, for one, have been pleasantly surprised with the capabilities that it offers that, that I don't think we talked about it previously, but we are now able to have more than one bot working on our file at one time. So so previously, we were running the system where we had one file that we were processing on one laptop. We're now able to, with the RPA solution, throw that one file and have, in our case, two bots processing it, which then clearly doubles the, you know, which then clearly halves the time that it takes the, the bot to complete what it's needing to do. Um, but it could be for other people that more than two bots, multiple bots can be, can be thrown at the, the input and it'd be incredibly quick. So for me, just don't try and do a like for like with whatever you're doing at the moment. Think about what the, the challenges are for your team. Talk about them with the, the Agilisys team through the sort of discovery phase and just let the Agilisys team and, and the, the SMEs figure out what it is the RPA solution can actually offer 
because it's it's certainly showing us that there's there's more in its toolbox than we gave it credit for. Fantastic. There's some great ideas and advice there. So, uh, yeah, David and, and, and Ivan, thank you very much. Thank you, Austin. Thank you for listening to this, this latest episode of the Agilisys podcast. I hope you found that discussion as interesting as I did. For more insights discussing how RPA is delivering benefits to organisations across the public sector, head along to agilisys.co.uk. There you'll also have the opportunity to sign up to our newsletter and be the first to hear about our latest content. Further podcasts from this series can be found on the Agilisys Spotify channel as well. So once again, thanks for listening and we hope to welcome you back very soon. Thank you.